Hello friends, welcome back to the Spiritual Nomad podcast and YouTube channel. Today I want to talk to you about desire and bring a little understanding to the beautiful thing uh, of divine desire. And so I think that it's something that is largely misunderstood. Desire is something that is so, I think, uh, confusing to so many people who are pursuing a spiritual path. I want to invite you into some clarity whenever it comes to desire and the the opportunity to really maximize uh, this amazing, amazing uh, tool in our life. And so first and foremost, just a little backstory of why I'm making this video today. I woke up very early this morning in a sort of uh, a half in, half out sort of dream state. And I started thinking about uh, desire, and I felt like it was a download to me about the idea of divine desire, the divinity of desire. And I started thinking just about all of the ways that desire has been used for both good and for evil. And I started thinking about in my own life how I have uh, used desire as uh, an excuse, uh, but also a false authority to pursue things as well. And that followed me up until I woke up and I woke up and I got my coffee, went and sat in my spot and have my coffee and I do my contemplation and uh, my prayer, my reading, and ultimately then my meditation here. And as I keep giving it more thought, uh, I'm aware of a few different schools of thought whenever it comes to desire. And so first and foremost, uh, the first school of thought is that desire is evil, that desire is, is wrong that desires are things that are uh, you know, only gonna create more suffering in our life. And much of Buddhism and even in a lot of the Judeo-Christian understanding that, that the heart is wicked, it's deceitful, it's corrupt, uh, that our desires, and that'd be more the Judeo-Christian, and then um, you know, kind of mimicking that is the Buddhist thought of uh, that suffering is caused by desires that uh, desire is the purpose of individual and collective suffering in the world. And if we can rid ourselves of desires, then we can rid ourselves of suffering. That suffering is sort of the culprit of these things. And that's the one school of thought, is that suffering needs to be removed from us, detached from us. We need to release our grip from the desires in our life. So there's that. Then there's another school of thought that says that desire is everything that our immediate initial desire uh, from when we are young to when we are old is telling us something and it should be acted upon uh, without excuse, uh, without too much reasoning, that we should execute whatever the desires that percolate in our mind and heart. Uh, we should do those. And so that means that uh, if, if the desire is to have, you know, uh, sex, money, drugs, all of those things, that absolutely we need to do that, we need to move on that, that we should be indulgent, that we should uh, gratify ourselves with any desire that pops up, that the reason that it's popping up is it needs to be satiated and the way that you can satisfy that desire is by doing it, by not avoiding it, but by jumping into it head first. And so if you have sexual impulses, you should pursue your sexual impulses. If you feel like that this is the way that you need to um, execute a business plan, you know, that is maybe not, 
you know, above board, then by all means, if the desire is there, then the desire is there for that reason and that you should do that. A very indulgent into desires without much thought. That's the other school of thought. So on the one hand, you have desire is evil and you have desire equals suffering. On the other hand, you have the idea that desire is um, personally going to benefit you greatly and that it is going to be the maximized individual experience by just pursuing those things. So how do we enter into the divinity of desire? How do we access the flow of true, pure, good, undefiled desire? Well, I think we take, like I said, a little scoop out of each camp and then allow that to transcend us. So the way we do that in a very practical way is by prayer and meditation. I think first and foremost, prayer and meditation, entering into presence, the presence of yourself, the truest, deepest self within you, the presence of the divine that seeks to uh, pull you deeper into your truest self by showing you not only your reality, but the divine reality. And I think that that produces a level of pure desire in our life. So we do that by prayer and meditation. And the way that we do that in prayer and meditation is we first take a scoop out of the first. We say, I am not going to be ruled by the desires of my flesh. I am not going to give in to the things that are only going to gratify myself, that are self-seeking, that are things that are only going to begin and end within me. I am going to remove myself from the desire that causes suffering. I surrender, I yield, I let go of the identities, the falsehoods, the things that I have adapted and adopted over the years into my being, and I resist those. I admit that there are things that are evil about the things that I want, and I release them, and I let them go, and I say that they are away from me. So we tap on that first school of thought by surrendering, by yielding, by letting go, by saying that none of that has any power or control over me, that I am separate from any sort of carnal idea that feels like it has to materialize. And we come into a state of being where we just release all and wait to receive the gift of the knowledge of our true deepest self. The Bible tells us that this is Christ in me, the hope of glory, the mystery hidden throughout all the ages is that Christ is in me, the universal Christ, the eternal Christ who has no beginning, who has no end, that everything was created by him and for him and the fullness of God dwells bodily in the nature of Christ that is deep within us, giving us the ability to live into our own personal divinity as we are like God, made in the image and likeness of the divine. We enter into that space and we allow that reality that transcends desire, it transcends materiality, it transcends sexual gratification and financial gain, it transcends all of that because it is eternal. It's something that enters into the eternal, not the material. 
and we rest into that space and that might take time to do this process this is very a quick video i'm quick 10 minutes but this might take months or years to enter into this to detach but what happens whenever you begin to enter in to this sort of flow, this sort of eternal flow of knowing who you are and the deepest desire of your heart is to be unified with God. When you're in that space, illuminated by the spirit that is eternal, now there is a sort of dipping into the indulgence of the other side in a completely holy way. Let me bring a little bit of definition. Holy literally means set apart. It's set apart. So now you are not pursuing the indulgent desire out of some lack or need on the other side. You are not pursuing these sort of indulgences out of trying to create an identity for yourself to put on anything else that is false. You are desiring out of the true self, out of the deep self, out of the real self, the eternal self, the Christ self. And when you enter into that consciousness, now you are able to desire things that are good and pure and true and satisfying. They are satisfying, but not in the way that they were prior to knowing the deep, true self, the Christ in you that is eternal. And so now you can certainly desire these things. I am a, I, I have an organization, I have a church, I want that to flourish, I want that to grow, I want there to be finances that follow that, I want there to be buildings that are able for us to meet into, only for the reason and purpose that we can invite more people into this consciousness, into this awareness, into the being of Christ in us and in the world. There is a different sort of outcome for that desire. And so we can dip into these things and begin to dream again. The goal is not to just simply sit in silence and rid ourselves and enter into the eternal. Now, the eternal, first separated from material, can now enter into the material physical world with a purpose and perseverance. And so now you become empowered that those divine desires in your heart are checked by the purity of the eternal. And I know a lot of this might seem ethereal, a lot of it might seem vague, and I encourage you to write comments in the below, and I'll be in the section below, and I'll be happy to talk to you about this. But the divine desire rids ourself of desire, enables us to walk into eternal, and then impacts us in a way that lives meaningfully into the physical and the material. It's a materiality taken out and then entering back in. This is exactly what happened to Jesus whenever he was baptized. He was living in the world and he had this sort of uh, understanding of himself, this desire, but then when he was baptized, he went into the wilderness for 40 days, and in that time, he understood himself as the eternal Son of God. And he didn't just stay in the wilderness, where many of his people who uh, he was influenced by, the Essenes and different others, he didn't just stay in the wilderness, he entered back into the city center with a desire with a desire to see all people healed, freed, liberated, awakened to the reality of the God that lives within them, their connection to the Father. 
that they are made in the image and likeness, that they are a son and daughter in the same way He is the Son of God and invites us into that in the same way we have desire, we become baptized. That's this place of being in transcendence and prayer and meditation. We are allowing all of these things to remove us, to purify us, to cleanse us, to go into a sort of wilderness state away from the world, to now enter back into the world and to be divine in the world. And that is where desire is actually needed. It's not something that is uh, it, it just a, a good idea. We need divine desire in this world. We need people to leave the carnal desire and enter into the eternal desires. We need people to understand that they have been given these things by, by means of God as a gift deep within their hearts, this bubbling, this percolating, this driving factor to want to include everyone into the transcendence of the living God, to awaken to the Christ within them, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. All of these things are divine desires. And certainly, material things can accompany that. There's nothing wrong with acquiring in certain ways along the way. It's as though but it's, it cannot be as though those are the focal point. Our focal point is no longer material, financial gain. Our focal point is no longer sexual desire, um, although we could have financial and material gain and we can have sexual desire. But those things do not drive us. They are a part of us, but the drive comes from the understanding of the eternal divine connection. And so it's putting all of these things in their proper place. It's saying, I am able to live in this way. I am able to do these things because I have separated myself. I have, that's making yourself holy. I have received the understanding and awareness of my true identity and nature. And I live from that identity and nature now in the world. So many people, the problem with desire is this, people pursue a desire for an identity. They're doing these things thinking that these will define them in some meaningful way. And the truth becomes when we rid ourselves of that, enter into the stillness and presence of the living God, become identified with our true identity, the true self, the Christ in us. And now we are able to live from that place of identity, not doing all of these carnal things for an identity. So divine, the divinity of desire is good and pure when you understand your identity.